Okay, right, you're drinking and recording. Yeah. Grab your bucket hats, your tie-dye and your speed because the movie men are having a party. Gurning over there in the corner is Mark Stack. How are you, my man? Yeah, good, man. Gurning, yeah. Yeah? Um, well, gurning. I'm doing great, we? <laughs> Pretty good, man. You're through You're making off, the most of it before you have to go back to work. Making the most of it. Just I'm smashing you know ease. Been in the paddling pool, been to the beach. <laughs> um, it's Arlo's second birthday tomorrow, so it's been it's a good Woo. week. You've not just been in the paddling pool on your own with a child, thankfully. Yeah. Not just get the paddling pool out. <laughs> You're 31 Ambeous. years old, Mark. Yeah. Ambeers. He the actually doesn't, with he beers actually doesn't like it, so. Uh, what, the beers or the paddling pool? <laughs> Both. Uh, Harry Anton hiding a terrible dye job with a Fred Durst-style do-rag and hat. How are you? Gone <laughs> full new metal, listening to yeah. Stained and, like, Lip <laughs> oh, Biscuit and, like, Dare I say it, Lost Profits. <laughs> yeah. Say it. Say don't, it. Don't listen to You're probably going to delete this, but at the time I was like, I was, listening, I was listening to Lost Profits and I was like feeling so guilty about it. And I just heard one song. So I just said one song and text Callum and I was like, Cal, is it okay to listen to Lost Profits? And within seconds he got a text back saying, of course. I never took them off my playlist at the pub. It's not. It's not. So they, he was just playing. And I was like, but thankfully, Johnny Smith has no issues with his favourite musicians because his, he, he's a big fan of the Smiths and Morrissey. So you know, I don't think there's anything wrong there, is there? I, think, I mean, to be fair, I think basically if your favourite band artist isn't problematic or cancelled, then you don't really like music. True. Yes. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, how are you, Johnny? You good? Uh, I'm all right. Mad, mad for it. Mad for it. Well, that's a little... Uh, we do have a very 80s, 90s Manchester vibe going on because later on we are going to be talking about 24-hour party people. But first, continuing on the 80s slash early 90s vibe actually, um, the opening question is very fitting because it's been revealed that Michael Keaton may be reprising his role as the Batman in upcoming film The Flash. So what I want to know is who would you most or least like to see reprise a role from the past? Johnny, we'll start with you, why not? Uh, well, I was, you know, I, you could go down the superhero route, the you know, the, the Batman route, but actually, we I just, thought we just did. What would be? <laughs> you can't you just could, use the guy who's in more. the question, John. Michael Keaton. But you, could say, ben, you just... could say Ben Affleck, but you don't want Ben Affleck coming back. Nobody wants that. He is coming back. So I thought, you know, Doesn't the best thing would be to have the opposite of a superhero, which is a supervillain. So I thought Ben Kingsley's character, Don Logan from Sexy Beast, Great. is. A man I'd like to see in another film, probably a prequel, because he's just a sweary, violent, angry, chain-smoking sociopath. <laughs> give me, a, give me the storyline. What of of Sexy Beast? No, of the of the film you want him in. The oh, the, well, I think it would just be more maybe how he became such an angry, chain-smoking, sweary man, you know, and all the horrible mm. stuff he did before he had to go and get Ray Winston out of his speedos. <laughs> so That's I mean it's great man, because, because obviously Ben Kingsley played Gandhi thought. which is you know Gandhi the most peaceful protester of all time and then in Sexy Beast he's probably the most horrible violent man ever so more angry sweary Ben Kingsley that's what I want to say excellent love it Mark um, I've got a couple the first one I'm going to go for is um, 
I'd like to see uh, Jonah Hill, Michael Cera, and Christopher Mintz-Plath come back as the the super bad guys. Oh, that's great! All in mm-hmm. all in their mid thirties. Um, Just the same. <laughs> yeah, Seth and Evan still like best friends, but like you know, they've got the kids running around, and it's it's tough for them. And it's just see see how they're getting on, because those characters for me are just that would work just so like, well. I think it would, right? Yeah, that would. <laughs> yeah, like, like seeing them deal with all the shit that, that we all deal with, essentially, that would be yeah. wicked. I think it'd be good to see them too. And then like Chris Woman's Plus would come in as like you know he's back in the area for something. Just call it super know. old. <laughs> super, oh, super worse um, but yeah that's cool I also thought and this one is happening so I thought about it and I was like oh no shit that's happening so it doesn't really work but Gladiator Maximus from Gladiator because I just love that we could also get maybe John McClane back for a nice Christmas cheery action film you I thought I'd take that too many take that right off uh, uh-huh. Harry's uh, tip of Harry's tongue because I'm sure yeah, he'll probably have that 100% that's what I what, what, Harry what's, what's next in your tongue what's like mid tongue no, I was going to say, I know, I mean, die, unfortunately, we've seen Die Hard 5 and it was just <laughs> awful. Um, yeah. They, I was going to, I was, I was trying to think of an answer that was like what I would normally do and I thought about it. And, um, <laughs> you know, like an actor, when they kind of hate the film, they do at the start of their career because they don't have any other options. Oh, I yeah. think it would be nice to force them all to do like the sequel to those films. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's one with Jennifer Aniston where she, um, you know, the Gremlin film or like, well, she play- it's Gremlins. Gremlins. No, it's, oh, sorry, not, it's, um, what's an Irish uh, pot of leprechaun. gold? Leprechaun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leprechaun. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's like the leprechaun, she was in Leprechaun 2, like the ride from the leprechaun or something. <laughs> and she was, she was running away from this fucking tiny leprechaun and it was just so fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then like three years later, she got friends. I thought it'd be great if like she just was somehow accidentally contracted to this film for the sequel <laughs> and she just had to do it. So if it was like Leprechaun, it's probably Leprechaun 10 now and it was the return of her character, I think that'd be great. So uh, in honor of, um, you know, the recent past and Martin Scorsese and Netflix where he brought back Robert De Niro obviously for The Irishman to play a younger man. I was saying, and we discussed how terrible he moves now. I thought how funny would it be if Robert De Niro back as Jake LaMotta de-aged. <laughs> Again, but obviously his body can't de-age, and it's just like in the like the he's just the fight scenes are absolutely (laughs) terrible because his aging limbs are just like poking the guy. (laughs) I'm gonna give Callum shit again for great movies that have already happened, and he's just not aware of it. You know, there was a there was a movie. It was basically billed as Rocky versus Jake Lamotta, and it was fucking terrible. It was about four years ago, and it was Sylvester Stallone playing a boxer against Robert De Niro playing a boxer. What? I yeah, have that, no idea. That does ring the bell. It's completely I feel, I feel like I blanked oh. out my mind because it sounds terrible. So, oh. Callum, okay. Callum's creativity <laughs> always has been beaten by someone else. It's always been done. It's always been done. my writing project. You're finished. just Family Guy versus The Simpsons. Like. It's already been done. Already been done. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, the Breakfast Club then. Because basically, it's still okay to cast like 50-year-old people as high school students. So people <laughs> just won't right. even notice. Because they were probably all like 40 already when they did The Breakfast Club. And also, oh, not another teen movie. The teacher just didn't age. It was like 20 years later and he looked exactly the same. Unsung hero. What in God's name's going on in here? What was that ruckus? I know he a ruckus. I was just in my office. I heard a ruckus. Can you describe this ruckus, sir? Oh, you better watch your tongue, young man. You better watch it. We were just sitting here like we're supposed to. I don't want to hear it, mister. You just bought yourself another detention. 
but that's not fair. Cry me a river, dickface. So as we mentioned, tonight's gonna have a very 80s and 90s feel because we are doing 24-hour party people. If you haven't seen it, it stars Steve Coogan as TV presenter and record executive Tony Wilson and tells the bonkers tale of his label Factory Records, which had a huge impact on the Manchester scene throughout the 80s and early 90s, with bands such as Joy Division, New Order and Happy Mondays on their books. Here's a little bit of 24-hour party people. Manchester, birthplace to the railways, the computer, the bouncing bomb. In 1976, if you wanted to see the most exciting bands in the world, they were on a regional show coming out of Manchester. My show. I'm Tony Wilson. Have you ever had records? My label. Joy Division. New Order. Happy Mondays. We are an experiment in human nature. <laughs> What kind of music you got me bringing in? Sort of new wave, kind of indie. Indian? Pity you didn't sign the Smiths. I've just seen God. What do you look like? Who like me? So me and Johnny, a couple of genuine, bona fide, electrified manx in the room. Oh, uh, Johnny, you, you've been there. You, but you, you were born in Shelton, St. Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now I live in right in Manchester, mate, in the heart of South Manchester, Chilton, actually, BBC country. Um, Very gentrified. So, yeah. And <laughs> uh, Johnny, though, slap bang in the middle of Salford. Um, why did you pick 24-hour party people, Johnny? Well, I mean, first of all, like most of my choices, I haven't seen it for a long time. So I think, I mean, I probably saw it 10 years ago. And so that, I think that, you know, when I first saw it, it was like, oh, this is what Factory Records and Manchester's about. And a lot of the references and things probably went straight over my head. So it's yeah. kind of one of those, I think, actually... I don't really remember a lot of the film and to watch it back now with all of my accumulated mankness that have just <laughs> seeped into my veins from living here I thought you know it'd be good to watch it back and sort of you know get those references and see see you know how it works when you've got a bit more knowledge of sort of you know Factory Manchester and Tony Wilson yeah Harry as the token southerner in the room um, <laughs> did this film speak to you did you enjoy it yeah this is, this is a perfect example of like a film I never would have watched unless someone told me to watch it. And I watched it and I fucking loved it. It was one of my favorite films I've seen in like years. Away from the Manchester music scene, which I found, there's a similarity, it sounds, this is gonna sound strange, to the, the Michael Jordan documentary. So like, you know the one recently where like, it's even better for me because I have a slight knowledge of it, but I yeah. don't know exactly what happened. So oh, right. the, the, the Manchester Mutant scene, I've got, I've got knowledge enough to be really intrigued. And I was like, fucking hell, the same guy signed Joy Division that also signed Happy Mondays. And, yeah. and it, it, so the, the story I found really interesting anyway. But then the main thing for me was I love films that take risks and experiment. And, 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 and like that, this film had so many balls in terms of, I'm gonna talk to the camera now, or I'm gonna tell you that this next scene is bullshit and still gonna be good. And <laughs> yeah. it, and it's it, the, the amount of risk it took and how unique it was. I, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, was, that, that kind of, that break in the fourth wall, all like the general shabbiness of yeah. the film. It's like, mm. it's so reflective of what Factory Records was and like the actual <laughs> themes in the film are, are reflected in the way it's put together. It's like a film that someone's telling you gradually, like they're just telling you story after story at like, you know, when you're pissed at someone's house or at a house party or something. Yeah, just anecdotes. And it, it comes across, like, you know, they, the fact they didn't, they didn't ever write, uh, you know, they didn't get a proper contract. The contract was, we don't have a contract. And it's all like these word of mouth stories. Oh, there was 42 people in that room. Well, I mean, that's probably not true, is it? It's the, it's the, it was just stories upon stories upon stories. And that's how this whole thing was built. And that's how the whole reputation was built. And that's how 
everyone ended up partying in the same place and stuff. It's great. It's like it, yeah, it was amazing. I was the same as Harry actually. I am uh, sorry, it's Johnny. I haven't seen it in a long time, and it means it means so much more now. Now you know like what happened more in depth what happened the music that came after it you know at one point when he was when he says oh they were actually looking at the dj not at a band it's like oh that's kind of like that's very very early yeah. on that that it's Dave happened, Haslam it? as well. yeah i actually wrote i wrote something down about that sorry <laughs> oh <laughs> no taking for me it was the same i i, I hadn't seen it in a long time and it, it had so much more depth and layers to it than i remember and it and I, the the way it was told was amazing i absolutely loved it it's really funny as well. It's just the, really the, funny. The, so there's every so often there's a scene that like gives you um, chills, and I've always understood Bez the Hagmondes, <laughs> and I, I understood that he's there as like a mascot, right? And I, and I, I like I know okay, he's there and he's funny, but this film perfectly encapsulated why he was important to the Happy Mondays, because before they like they were they were confused about whether they should dance to it or just kind of sit there and listen to it. Oh right, yeah. And, and what they needed was someone to you know the first person at a wedding that goes to the dance floor. Yeah. They needed they needed to show all the Mancunians that it's okay to dance to this, but they didn't know how to. And it's like you dance like beds, yeah. and it basically it made it's it made it made the audience and me understand how he was incredibly important to that band because he was like, by the way, we make good music, but. You don't understand it, right? Here is the understanding of it, and he's called Bez. It was, was also like the biggest dealer in Manchester. Oh, really? That helped. That helped. No, it was just—it was that moment where they're like, they were like, they were getting it, but not, they weren't fully getting it. And he just went and started doing his thing, and it was—it was, I, it was I, accidentally, it was brilliant at describing me as why that man was so important to that band. And Johnny, uh, as a man who's plugged into the that whole scene from that era as well, you must have loved all the cameos as well. I did. I mean, I, I, when I was in, in my third year at uni, no, fourth year at uni, as my business psychology module, my um, the, the essay I wrote for that was on the cognitive inertia of factory records management and basically how they continually made the same bad decisions over and over again. <laughs> so that was just basically involved reading lots of anecdotes about factories Amazing. and trying to piece together it into a business a business uh, module essay. So, so you're familiar with like Marquis Smith popping up and Manny pops up from the Stone Roses. I noticed Manny was one I spotted. Yeah, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, well, I like Marquis Smith. And when Tony Wilson popped up, I said to Sophie, that's Tony Wilson. And then the next scene, Steve Cook goes, yeah. that's the real Tony, Tony Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also noticed, I, I recognised Marquis Smith, but not that it was Marky Smith, if you know what I mean. I was like, who is oh, that? Oh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't spot I love the fact with Marquis Smith where he's just like, all right, Mark. And he's like, all right, what's brilliant about it is like obviously it's so british and manchester and of the time because if it was like la us it'd be so glitz so glamour mm, it's so it's crap like, it's so unglamorous the whole time it's like yeah. these guys are running like the whole music and club scene of a city and everyone just treats him with utter disrespect and disdain <laughs> yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the time. Like, he's got so yeah. much, theoretically, he should have so much power. And, and it's just like, and everyone's just like, this guy, it's just, oh. yeah, well, it, talking about the, Peter Hook described the film as a story of the biggest cunt in Manchester played by the second biggest. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, what, the film did, what the film did really well was, and 
I suppose this is reasonably controversial, is there was a whole film about Joy Division called Control, obviously, by Antoine yeah, Corbin. Yeah. And um, it was brilliant, but uh, like it really like stretched how much of a genius this guy was. And this film, I thought, maybe is more closer to the point when he just wrote some really good songs and he wrote yeah, some... Yeah. He was at, he was at um, what's it called, when you're at the right place at the right time and they were making decent Serendipity. music. Serendipity. Yeah, and, yeah. and that song, um, uh, what's it called, the best song of all time? Love and Tell You Apart. Love and Tell You Apart. It's incredible. But they, but, but the way also the way that he kills himself is is more similar to what what depression and killing yourself is where it seems not that bad then all of a sudden he kills himself because you don't understand yeah. it so it doesn't need a two hour film explaining why he was depressed I, I thought more sympathetic I would be surprised if this version of him and how it happened wasn't more accurate than the two hour Hollywood version yeah. I think that's fair but they do make out Sean Ryder to be like an absolute genius. They don't he's really. just an absolute... No, well, no they Tony, don't. Will, Tony Wilson does. They make Tony, Tony Wilson thought he was. Yeah. He's a genius. Which that's is funny, so which is funny that's because so he's not. funny about it. Yeah. yeah because he basically like, ruins his he's life. As good as, he's as good as Yates. <laughs> and everyone's just yeah. like, of hey, course he fucking is. He's an no, absolute that, that, lunatic. The Happy Mondays were so amazing in this film. But his, yeah, his belief in the Happy Mondays was amazing. He's but, Yates! Lastly, before we do the... Uh, favorite scenes and it's normally the first thing we talk about is the the people that are in it but there's so many people in this film that you yeah. can't really talk about the actors really it's just every british actor you've ever thought of is just in this somewhere yeah, yeah. everyone crops up ralph like Lindbergh, Harry Potter simon Pegg, simon Pegg, sean harris andy circus it is uh, so confusing from a from a, looking it back so looking it back at 2020 PK. looking at 2002 at a time that was set in the 80s and 90s with actors that have only been successful in 2010. It was so <laughs> confusing <laughs> as to what time period we were in. Uh, right, let's do favourite scenes. Mark, you start us off. You know what, well, for me, um, there's a lot of scenes where, for example, where New Order were just practising Blue Monday, not full, and and um, when Joy Division played Level Terrors Apart, things like that, and Transmission and Control. Mm. Mm. It was like, it, it gives you a bit of a a bit of goosebumps or something you're like oh imagine being there they were there at this time mm, so yeah, yeah. I loved I loved I mean th those are the scenes I loved there's loads of funny scenes but something about that that puts you there and you think wow yeah. and it, they didn't glitz it up they didn't just play the track or make it sound perfect they made it sound like they were playing live or practicing it and stuff like that I, I really liked those scenes it's pro I can't really pick a favourite genuinely because there's so many good ones but I, those moments really got me where I was like ah oh, fuck that's, that's amazing just general organ music Harry, was yours the uh, the Bez moment? Or did you yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, if there's a way of, or I, I can do it now. Um, I already used my good moment up, so here is a clip of me saying it earlier. <laughs> that is uh, that is probably my, that was that was my best moment. I loved it. Also, a, a big shout out goes to the time that he caught his wife in the toilets, yeah, that, like nice. being fucked oh, in the yeah. toilets. And he was like, I only had a blowjob. This is penetration. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny, what's his? Johnny, um, what's yours? Not I Johnny, mean, there's what's so yours? many. There's so many bit. I mean, as we said, you know, I think the way it's sort of just anecdotes. You know, the way it fits together, and obviously, as as Tony Wilson always said, I'm being postmodernist. You know, in sort of just this, there is no definitive history to factory. It's just all these sort of weird moments and perspectives and sort of myths and legends put together. But I, I love the bit when um, Ian Curtis, when Tony Wilson finds out that Ian Curtis has killed himself. Yeah, and he's just like the stupid bugger. Bugger, <laughs> and and then obviously, and then he just gets the the town crier to announce yeah, he, he, Ian Curtis of Joy Division is dead, and it's like 
Tony Wilson is such a PR machine that he's like hmm I know what I can do here and it's sort of you know just so ridiculous but it perfectly sort of sums up his character and the whole how shambolic and it's you know on the cusp of being sort of quite profound but also completely (laughs) insensitive and ridiculous also you can see as some entrepreneurs are obsessed at the moment with watching films that have this entrepreneurship on so they any Steve Jobs film basically or the Michael Jordan thing but then this film is super inspiring because he's someone who actually who constantly created new white ways and ideas and streams of income, but then wasn't didn't seem to be bothered about it at all. Never and, made any money. And he, <laughs> he's no such control a, over any of it. But, <laughs> then, but then, but that was probably the only reason it existed. And the fact that at the end he he was like, no, I don't have the control over it. It's like, wow, this guy was actually an artist this whole time. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. care about the money. He cares civic about music. Pride, just civic, civic pride. pride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was in my biggest. Um, my biggest issue is my over, like I, I can't remember the way he was. It's so good. It's like an excess of civic pride. Yeah. Um, Cal, did a small tear come from your eye pretending to be a, a plastic man mank when that happened? Yeah. Just I just started singing um, Wonderwall. Don't laugh anger. I'll tell you what. Seeing um, seeing. Clint Can I do mine? That's what I say. It brought me back to uh, a, a lovely night in South we had a couple of years ago, which Such is uh, full South. of all that. Uh, the the Boone. Clint, but was Clint Boone also was, had an, a cameo? Yeah, that's what I mean. He was on the train, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, the biggest legend of the Clint Boone. My favourite was, and it's again, it's one that sums up just the shabbiness of the whole thing. Is when they they open the offices. And he takes the officers the first. I was like, "Look how great the officers are!" And they're like, "How much did you spend on this table?" Oh, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Round on the table, and then Paddy Constantine tries to beat him up. Because <laughs> like it's like they're all partners in the business. He just keeps spending this mental <laughs> money on all this shit. But he's just like, "It's plywood. It's plywood." And it's MDF. He's like, "It's MDF." He's like, "You don't pay yeah, for the, You don't the pay for the material. You pay for the design." The first thing he does is rips down one of the things that's hanging it up. <laughs> yeah, what is this shit? <laughs> What I love about that oh, scene as well is that it. he tries to beat him up, gets broken up, and then goes back for him like two times. It's like, <laughs> proper, like again, it's like a bit of realism. It's like, I love Paddy Constantine. He gets broken up. He's like, what are you doing? I live my life a quarter mile at a time. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. Right, it is Three Fast, Three Furious time. Harry, any films coming out or have we just given up by this point? Yeah, it's all kicking off actually. <laughs> is it? Yeah, actually, no, it generally is. Like, there's loads well, of trailers this week. Kind of makes all... sense. All the ones that are, like, in the backlog. Yeah, they, they were... storing up. Ugh. To honest you, I'm, I, I'm fully backlogged. Like, I, I'll, I'll go to the cinema every three days now if there's a new film, so... Everything will just be so over-edited and, like, brutally CG. Because they're like, oh, we've got time. We've got time to, to CG the shit out of this thing. I just, I just can't wait to watch a film not in my room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Alone. What, uh, what, uh, what, we've got to have some like Manchester noise that we've got to make. I'll just shout <laughs> Boone Army every time we change. <laughs> Anyone from yes. Manchester will know what that is and no one else will. Well, it's, it's about Clint Boone, the biggest legend in Manchester. You've got to go to South to find out. Yeah, yeah. Mark's been there, he knows. Harry oh, doesn't well, know because Harry's a southerner. Genuinely, still, still one of the best nights I've ever had. Okay. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one, go. Sorry, no, I'm eating. I can't. I need, I need to <laughs> no, you, this is taking that. up your time. I see you take it's that bite and I was like, how's he going to do this one? Five, we're starting. <laughs> Three, two, one. No, wait, wait. Sorry, the, oh the cat. God. The, no, the cat's just... He's just this he, cat, man. Cat's just shit on the floor. He just hasn't sat down for the whole thing. <laughs> He's just been chasing the cat around the kitchen. <laughs> okay. Right. It's really hard. Relax. 
you crazy kitten. Okay, we go, we go, we go in. Three. Ah! Okay, <laughs> I don't know how we do it in Manchester. Three, two, <laughs> this is the one. Uh, Eurovision Song Contest The Story of Fire Saga with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams long title easy premise Blades of Glory at the Eurovision might be good will probably be shit Boonami Greenland with Jared Butler Armageddon meets 2012 meets Volcano with Piers Brosnan they probably made this movie whilst watching any other disaster movie I will probably love it um, Ava trailer tough spy thriller with Jessica Stastain and Colin Farrell from the director who ruined that girl on the train film classic loose cannon on the run Boonami. looks like okay, looks like a plane film that I'll probably enjoy it's a plane <laughs> film it's yeah, a, I mean, plane it's a plane film, film. that yeah. classic thriller on a plane you're like this is actually really good and you show it to your friend and they're like this is fucking terrible yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you've had six G&Ts on a transatlantic classic <laughs> oh not, no the film's not set on a plane no <laughs> you watch it on no, a Force one or snakes. Yeah, Mark planes. got it. Planes make Watch films them. better, and yeah, if uh, and they make them more emotional too. Yeah, if they're a classic, if they're a thriller, especially you kind of like you you allow you allow more ridiculous things to be like okay for some reason. <laughs> I want to get out something, on a plane. Something happens on a plane. Mm. When, when, when anyway. it's on me, when you're not watching yours, but you watch yes. it through the, the the gap in between the scenes, yes. what, you watch someone else's entire film with no sound, <laughs> just like yeah. that. I no, did that I could put it online. The Bradley no. Cooper star as well. I quite, le- I quite <laughs> listen to podcasts and um, especially on short haul as well. Like I never watch stuff on short haul. I listen to podcasts, maybe a bit of music, and there's always someone with like an, a businessman with their iPad and they're watching a series or something. And for some reason, I'm watching the whole fucking thing. I've no yeah. idea what's going on. There's, there's no <laughs> standard for how you react when you're watching Sons of Anarchy and he's just like pile driving some woman in a hotel room. There's next to you like, I mean, this is fine. Like, oh. so you're, is, is it you're not allowed to watch over like 15s in public? Well, because should you be able to? I, don't I watched, know. Um, but what's it called? The South Park one with Debbie the puppets. Dallas. Okay. The oh one? yeah, America. Team America. Team America. Puppets, I watched like, Team America on the train on my phone, and when the puppets are just fucking, I was like, <laughs> "Shame! Don't look at me! Don't judge Imagine, me!" Imagine, right? It's bad I'm enough. It's it's bad enough if someone knows the film and they're like, this is pretty embarrassing for that guy. If someone didn't know the film yeah, and then yeah. is watching you watch puppets have sex. Exactly. <laughs> oh, like, and then oh my God, like is that puppet shitting on the chair? just turns up to take to check your ticket and you're like, oh, puppets <laughs> Just, puppet a, just so the phone much. out the window. What are you doing now, lad? <laughs> doing now, lad? <laughs> that's, uh, that's as bad as it gets. Always when you watch a sex scene and you know when your parents come in. You have that when you were younger. They only, they only air sex scenes in films when your parents are there. Yeah. They actually don't happen any other time. I had like, one of the all time worst ones. you watching something perfectly normal for like an hour and a half and there'd be a sex in yeah. an hour and a half in and your parents just walk in at that moment and you'd be like, this is not representative. I remember my parents got me eight mile for Christmas. And then oh, the, yeah. and Boxing Day, I woke up and I watched I it. And like, with, like, with the whole <laughs> yeah. of Eight Mile, my mum could have come in and been like, oh, this is Eminem rapping, who gives a shit? And, and she'll leave. And she came in and they were just looking at each other. And then Eminem takes her to the, the cupboard in like the warehouse bit and then just fucks her for about three minutes. So it doesn't do that thing where it cuts away. It's just no, it Eminem having sex with Brittany Murphy and they're just enjoying sex. So it's like you're sitting there for three minutes as they're just humping. And I'm sitting there to my mum and I'm like, yeah, no, it's about Eminem rapping. It's rapping, it's rapping. <laughs> Ari, what's this? I got you a porno. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh, Al Anton is a saint. Any of them you want to watch, Harry? So, honestly, they all, they all look 
exactly the, they all look like they were going to get exactly the same rating which is 5 out of 10 <laughs> and I would probably enjoy them exactly that amount <laughs> I am good at three things fighting screwing and reading the news now I've already done one of those today so what's the other one going to be huh okay right news <laughs> news 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 <laughs> you have depressed you are when it comes to news <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck's sake oh, alright god why do I well we've already covered news. Andy Circus, so there can be no more news <laughs> <laughs> so in uh, so the, the, you know we don't need to be sad about the news, but the news is sad because I'm going to start with the director Joel Schumacher died. Oh, so yeah. That's pretty uh, sad. But he was 80 years old, so he had a good innings. Yeah, he did. But he made you know he directed Saint Elmo's Fire, The Lost Boys, Flat Tigerland, Amazing Forever, film. Batman and Robin, and of course Falling Down, where Michael Douglas just has had enough. Such a good film, and that's a <laughs> great film. So he would have probably preferred yeah. if you hadn't mentioned Batman and Robin, though. Yeah, well, you've got to get it in there. Batman theme is, is running he's, through. He's yeah. uh, my favorite. My if there's a subgenre, it's '90s action movies, and he is behind. Uh, basically, his name is at the foot of all my favorite films from those from that period. He, he was instrumental in making movies really, really be um, be entertaining for the sake of being entertaining. I personally would definitely miss him making movies for the next twenty years because he's there's no one like him. Everyone's too up their own ass. <laughs> so there you go. There's the tribute. Put that on his yeah. uh, on his gravestone. <laughs> Joe Schumacher, because everyone else is up their own ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that was the sad news of the week. But in the happy news of the week, there's going to be a Chicken Run sequel. Which yeah, would be excellent. <laughs> oh, there we no. go. Someone had to had do to it. Someone had to ruin it. Someone had to crack wise. I mean, so so Callum, as our you resident chicken expert, expert. Mm-hmm. what yep. can you tell us about how chickens react in sequels? Well, I can how, tell do you, you. how do you think the chicken? What, what, where does reckon, the story go? Where does the story the worst go? Question. That's the worst question of all time. <laughs> I can tell you that I will react by offering the services of my four chickens at a very healthy daily rate to Ardman Animations, Only so fair. that they can use them as as models for. for we need make. Johnny to repeat the question. As our resident chicken expert, can you tell us how chickens would react to the sequel of Chicken Run? Well, yeah. We're still, are we're still quite in our chicken ownership. Our chickens are sort of, you know, they're definitely very much first act here. Um, so in terms of sequels, you'd have to ask a more experienced chicken owner than me. But is Sylvester, not Sylvester Stallone, is Mel Gibson, Gibson going to be in it this time considering some yeah. of the things he's had to say? Unfortunately, it sure seems Mel, Mel Gibson has been... Uh, Removed he's from flown the, the nest. He has flown. He has flown the nest and yeah. is uh, been he's banished to that. the poultry farm, yeah. where he's been turned into a chicken nugget instead. And he would fucking love it right as well, him out he? the film. Oh, good news! Any, anything else, Johnny? Or we just <laughs> that's it. And you know, cinemas are going to open next month, maybe. <laughs> Obviously, there's no films out, so lead we'll that. cross that bridge when we get to. Yeah, it. you say lead with that. Johnny's like the worst <laughs> news editor ever. I'm start with. Uh, you lead oh. with your big news. You don't no, think cinemas not, are open for the first time in three months. It's just not fun, a good message. Chicken Run 2. It's true. Chicken run, chicken run 2 is what the people want. What is it? It's a pie machine. Chickens go in, pies come out. Ooh, what kind of pies? We're all going to fly over that fence and Mr. Rhodes is going to show us how. Did you say fly? No Ollie this week, but I've got a little challenge for you. 
Uh, is, the real challenge for me has been trying to make a, uh, a Manchester-themed round that wasn't just all going to be Johnny's specialist subject because... <laughs> I need the points. Yeah. Point. I think you're last, aren't you? So maybe, yeah, maybe we'll just let Johnny do it. So, Manchester. Manchester. We're working on the honours system here. Uh, pretend yeah. Ollie's here adjudicating. Um, he would be... He is a Christian man. He would be very disappointed if you were cheating. I don't know if the Bible covers just lying in quizzes. <laughs> it does. There's definitely that was that it. was the eleventh commandment. Didn't didn't make the grade. Thou shalt not lie in, in terrible quizzes, <laughs> graded by Callum. Okay, so everyone got something to write on. Question number one. Yep. And this is multiple choice. Which of these artists was not on Factory Records? Was it A. A certain ratio, B. Orchestral maneuvers in the dark, C. The Charlatans, or D. James. Need the options again, or shall I move on? No, it's a really niche round. Okay, question number two. How many of the actors in 24-Hour Party People have also appeared in Coronation Street? What what kind of question is that? Well, that's a great question. I like that. Guess the number. Give us a mobile choice. A mobile choice. progressively more fuming. (laughs) Was there not a mobile choice for this round? No. I'll give it within... uh, I'll decide later. (laughs) Okay. Uh, question well. number three which of these bands had the most top 20 singles in the 90s specifically in the 90s right Stone Roses James New Order or The Happy Mondays oh, you're kidding me specifically in the 90s okay okay Question number four. What year did the Hacienda open? And question number five, what year did it close? I don't expect many of you to get many marks here. It's all guesswork. I I know exactly when the second time it opened happened, which is not useful to me right now. No, I'm asking you what time it opened for the first time or what time it closed. Callum, I know exactly when the second time it opened. Okay. Uh, Question number six. Paddy Considine plays New Order manager Rob Gretton. Who plays him in control? I haven't seen it, annoyingly. Okay, well, question seven is also going to fuck you up because it is, (laughs) what film do the two actors appear in together as brothers? Oh, well, I know what that is. From what? From what? What? So question number six. Paddy Considine plays New Order manager Rob Gretton. Who plays that character in Control? And question seven, yeah. what film do the two actors appear in together as brothers? Is. No, I can't. Can't remember his name. And question number Some, eight. Oh. Question number eight. This was in the film. How much money did the single Blue Monday lose Factory Records per copy? <laughs> I got that. So question number one. The, uh, the only one of those artists that wasn't on Factory Records was The Charlatans. D. Fuck. No, that's James. They were. I put James. I thought Charlatans mm. were a certain Manx, ratio, so A certain ratio were in the film, so you should have got them. Yeah, I saw that. Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Were they really bad? You should have probably thought, why the hell would Callum put Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark in as one of the options? So you should have the first two were definitely in from the start. <laughs> so, I, wasn't, so anyways, I wasn't even listening. The Charlatans were James. So the Charlatans <laughs> were not on Factory Records. You were doing bad. a quiz? Question number two. Question number two. It, there are eight actors in 24 oh, hours. Five people who, who got closest? I got, I got six. I only put three. 
Uh, everyone apart from Johnny can have a mark because that's miles. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. What? I got six. I was two off. Harry put 12. Oh, oh did mark. he? So no one likes a tattletale. I thought he said 10. Uh, okay, Mark gets the point. And Harry <laughs> does. <laughs> bullshit. Question number Harry's face was uh, IQ, Ice Cube's face when he finds it in 22 Jump Street when he finds that Tony Hills bangs his daughter. <laughs> Question number three. Out of those acts, the most top 20 singles in the 90s was... Stabbing Monday. It was James. Fucking James. Oh, James. James. She's a star. James had eight. Stone Roses had seven. New Order had five. And Happy Mondays only had three. Um, question number four. The Hacienda opened in 1982. Oh, 81. Harry, what'd you put? 83. <laughs> oh, well, if you guys were one year out, you can have it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah I wasn't, so... We'll take it. Mark in 1960. Second time was 1994 to 1997. So. Okay, so you got the close right. Close to oh, 1997. Yes. 97. Did you get 97? Seeing as Johnny and Harry both yeah, got on Mark, I can't, give it, I can't give it to you. Um, question number six. Paddy Constantine plays Rob Gretton. Yeah. In Control, he's played by Toby Keppel. Toby Keppel, don't I? Can you last um, now think of the brothers? In quest, and question seven, a film it's that Dead I Man's originally wanted... It's Dead Man's Shoes. Uh, yeah. It has to be. That's what He's I wanted a weird to, one, yeah, Dead Man's Shoes is the answer to question seven. Toby Campbell is a brilliant good. actor. Brilliant yeah. actor. Oh, Especially good in Dead Man's Shoes, actually. Um, He's great. And question number eight, the record lost them 5p for every copy yeah. they sold, which yeah. is why I think it was 2 million, because I saw that they lost 100 grand. Ah, uh, maybe. So that's why I thought it was all, 2 million. Well, the best thing as well on, on Blue Mondays. They when they play when they got to number one and played it on top of the pops, they were like, We're gonna play it live. And obviously everyone on top of the pops mimes and they were like, No, 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 we're gonna play it and uh, it sounded absolutely terrible and apparently the sales massively plummeted after the top of the pops performance. <laughs> Do you reckon that was intentional? <laughs> Probably. So, so oh, it's yeah. just another was that intentional? factory, yeah, yeah. you know, fucking up a good thing. And then do what? Just shout. Shout what? Go left. Oh, go, shout go left, right. Go left! Go left! See? That's remarkable. Most of all, I love Manchester. The crumbling warehouses, the railway arches, the cheap, abundant drugs. That's what did in the end. That's everything from the movie, men. So, guys, we're finally allowed out of our houses. Like, Yay. to go to other houses. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah. Hubs no are friends. back. And the cinema, and the cinema. And the you cinema. Do any of you do any of you have like all the the um the po whole English population telling you that you go back to work on a certain date? Because that's just what I'm currently dealing with. <laughs> hey man, pop back <laughs> of the fourth, right? So we've removed Harry from the call because his annoying internet was doing our nuts. So that's it for everyone. Me, Mark, and Johnny are off to the Hacienda to tear out with Bez and the boys. See you next week.
you're really funny because you're you were the biggest meat eater of all time. Yes, you were like, yeah. can I get extra meat on this meat board, please? <laughs> Hold the vegetarian. And then the next time I saw you, like, no man, completely vegetarian. I'm like, <laughs> this completely doesn't nuts. work in my head. You was out there just killing cows, and all of a sudden, my, you're like, yeah, my house was maybe famous just evening out for sausages. <laughs> that was like what my house Big was known for. Pots of sausages, constantly, yeah, constantly. <laughs> 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 Big no pots point, of sausages. So pot of sausage, not on. <laughs>